Welcome to the world of Discover. This week's episode goes out to Raymond Caritas, Michael Feiweger, Daniel Purcell, Serling Netzlaw, and Trevor Iflute. That I can pronounce. I am so terrible at this. I I quit. I can't work under these circumstances. I want Rodrigo back. Major Spoilers theme song. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod on on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod pod podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, 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 The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to issue 460 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Hello! Eventually, Matthew and I will uh, spill that uh, dueling review off into its own standalone series. Yeah, but until But for now, then. we're just going to pump up the issue numbers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very we much like higher, <laughs> just like the uh, three-time-a-month uh, Amazing Spider-Man or the... Uh, 14 time a month uh, X-Men books that come out. <laughs> and then we'll just relaunch the whole damn thing with number one, only to renumber at 600. Yeah, see, that'll be the thing is, I think I will, when we do the Dueling Review spinoff, I think we will just leave it as a number one and just <laughs> just let people, I think we did that Dueling. with Munchkin Land, didn't we? Yeah, number one. Uh, yeah. I know right. we did that with top five. Yeah, we did that with top five. A critical we Hit was like, the only one that we kind of... Um, Kind of renumbered, but it was using the old major spoilers uh, numbers when they originally appeared, and so that threw people. Oh off right, of yeah. So sorta. Well, and critical hit, frankly, is is super popular. Yeah, people it is. Like, true. We don't know where the thing I, is. I had somebody, I had somebody in an email curse me out because he finally got up to uh, the uh, weird uh, time jump Framistat thing that happens with the. Uh, with the other Where half. Randus F's up the universe. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, hmm. Ah, mm-hmm. this week we got a lot of things to talk about. Yeah. Matthew we do. said he wanted to talk about why Scooby Doo is awesome. And I just kind of went, <sighs> because, <laughs> and the only reason I say that is because you suck. At some point, Scooby Doo went from what I thought was an awesome mystery show you know and where you get all the farmer brown if it wasn't for you damn kids <laughs> i would have succeeded um into something that was just basically the shaggy and scooby show yeah there were when i say scooby-doo is awesome what i mean is the original scooby 17 episodes cbs <laughs> run well and i would even throw in the new scooby-doo movies from 1972 with the the hour long episodes. Yeah. When when things went to pot was when they jumped from CBS to ABC and they added Scrappy Doo. Well, yeah, no, I mean that was yeah. a huge downfall. But I mean if you look at if you look at the first 17 episodes, first of all there was a different theme song, what I right. call the original theme song. And if you find an original theme what song, everyone calls the original theme song. Yeah, but I mean if you but you could tell because they were mixing the first 17 issues up with the, um, man, something's going on with your mic there, Matthew. Can you unplug and replug back in or something? Hopefully that'll fix him. 
Sounds like a what do you mean computer gun? Ah, oh, man, we were just getting da 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 But the cool thing was that so going back to this um to these 17 issues, they had this they had this theme song, the original theme song which was then replaced after those first 17 issues with something different. And, but during the reruns, they would mix those original 17 with the, the rest of them that ran through Mm -hmm. 73. And I knew that as soon as you saw or heard that original theme song, and I didn't know this when I was like five, all I knew is that, oh my gosh, these are the really good episodes. Right. And it, and it's because they were, Hey, we're going into this town and there's some mysterious uh, ghost alien pirate skeleton in a deep sea yeah. diver ghost haunting the <laughs> land. And you well, had you a real mystery the- behind it. And then you had the reveal and it was like, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Have you heard the theory behind Scooby-Doo, the evil conspiracy theory? No. What is the evil conspiracy theory? Uh, Scooby-Doo takes place in an alternate reality where the economy has collapsed. Mm. Which is which is why these four college age kids, instead of going off and finding something useful to do or learning, are just driving around the country, bumming around. It's why all of the brilliant scientists of the world are forced to try and steal and scam money out of people. It's why everywhere they went was the old abandoned theme park yeah, and yeah, not yeah. the running theme park. Everything has collapsed and they're trying to rebuild the economy. That's why the Three Stooges were running that aerodrome. Mm-hmm. The movie industry had bottomed out. That's why the Harlem Globetrotters were just driving around because there was no professional basketball. Well, that's when you're getting into the hour longs, right? That's Those are right. the hour longs. That's Sandy when Batman Duncan's and Robin show up. Is over. Yeah. Yeah. Batman and Robin's career is over because the economy collapsed and Wayne Manor was possessed. And so they're just driving around the country. See, for me, (laughs) (laughs) the original Scooby Doo arc, the original Scooby Doo uh, concept is really a bold and awesome concept. Sure, it is. It allowed them to do action without doing action. Mm -hmm. Because comics, excuse me, cartoons in the 70s. You couldn't have violence. Right. You couldn't have mm-hmm. fights. But you could have these kids running away from what they thought was a monster. And then you can have those kids outsmarting the monster and teaching a lesson that, you know, maybe it's okay to think. Well, you but that can, was the thing, though. I mean, nerdy girl. Oh, sure. But I mean, I don't think that was one of the other things that I loved about this. And I guess when I'm looking at the episode list, I'm really looking at the 6970 run. So not just the first 17 yeah. issues, but the first um, 24 issues. Uh, episodes yeah there were i think 25. it was it was there were like 12 and then eight more it was like 17 and then uh however many more eight more after that or yeah. um but uh the thing is there was never hey scooby-doo what valuable lesson did we learn this week well yeah. i don't know raggy what we are individual shelves <laughs> you know it wasn't anything like that it was like hey we solved this mystery thank you kids for helping us in our stubborn ways yeah. because the cops do stupid to figure out the mystery himself or to we pull a gun, gun and shoot the ghost. It, it for them rotten kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the the original episodes really had kind of a weird. I don't know if you'd call it universal, but certainly a timeless mystique because they came out at a time when a lot of the pop culture seen today, fifty years later, is going to be really dated. Oh, 1969 sure it is. Yeah, yeah. was the year of laugh in 1969. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of the things that were on the air in 1969. And then you also think about the fact that Scooby-Doo, yeah, Shaggy is a little hippie-like, 
But Shaggy is also, you know, vaguely universal. He also feels like the 80s slackers that we used to know. Yeah, he yeah, feels yeah. like a 1950s beatnik. There's nothing here with the exception of Fred's ascot it, that's really out of place in the in the current time. And quite frankly, Fred's ascot is out of place anywhere except for the late 17th century. But for me, the best part of it is the fact that this is essentially a Saturday morning cartoon dashed off by Hanna-Barbera to make a few bucks, get some stuff into syndication, make some money. Yeah. The voice work is exquisite. I know you've got so many big names that I don't know if were they big names back then or I mean, Casey Kasem was a big oh. name. Casey but, Kasem was a radio DJ. But Don Frank Messick Welker. was with Frank Welker and Don Messick. Were they big uh, names? In? Don Messick. Don Messick was a pretty big name in voiceover, even circa 79, because Don Messick started out in the 40s. But before Scooby-Doo, Don Messick had done um, Rough and Ready. I know that there were just tons and tons of things as, as Hanna-Barbera started being a thing where it was pretty much Don Messick and Dawes Butler doing the voice of everybody. So Don Messick was not quite the legend that he'd be by the 80s, but he was definitely a big name. Frank Welker, I think, was just a young, unknown kid. Playing Fred. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And the thing about Welker that's amazing is, with the exception of the time when they were teeny tiny kids, Frank Welker has come back to voice Fred in virtually oh, yeah, every yeah. incarnation. It's, including it's always the Family Guy parody. It's, it, it's always weird that one Scooby Doo episode where Fred uh, goes looking for the Allspark. That's pretty weird. Yeah, that was a weird one. <laughs> Um, ch check really out this weird. name. And the one where he teams up with uh, Firestar and Spider-Man was creepy <laughs> as all. Well. Yeah. Steffi Anna Christophers Christopherson. Christopherson. Yeah. Go look Indira? at her. Go look at her. Indira Stefania Christopherson. Yep. The original Daphne. Wow, that's a big long name. That's a very long. Yeah, name. it is. She was. <laughs> she was actually one of those uh, just kind of a character actor who bumped around. I know there's one episode where she appears in, um, oh, God, MASH, yeah, MASH, where I recognize that voice. Oh, really? And I'm like, is that Daphne? Yeah, she's a nurse in, in one episode of MASH. But huh. um, Velma Velma and Daphne's voices have changed a lot over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you... Uh, uh, I mean, just bouncing around. Have you uh, seen... Maybe you have because you have a daughter. Have you yeah. watched the live-action Scooby-Doo TV, made-for-TV movies... Not the, not the, not the, not oh. the, no, 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 not the, not the Buffy ones with uh, her husband in it. I'm talking about the yeah. ones that, that were with, um, that were made for television for Nick or whatever channel they were. No, uh, the monster of the something. Yeah. I haven't watched those because they seem to be unnecessary to me. I will say that I have watched the new show, Mystery Incorporated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Where they're is all interesting slimmed up and... Well, it's the same thing. There aren't a whole lot of changes. Well, Velma is a little skinnier. Yeah, yeah. But Velma was never really a giant chunky girl. She just wore a big sweater. But it's fascinating to me that as this new series, they've taken Matthew Lillard, who was mm -hmm. Shaggy right. in the movie. Right. He's playing Shaggy. Casey Kasem plays Shaggy's dad. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a really, really interesting little, you know, actor illusion for me. But more importantly, the Mystery Incorporated series takes everything that we know and says all of this happened, sort of, kind of. There's one where they're walking around and you see a picture of Scrappy and Fred's like, I told you, we do not speak of it. 
Right. <laughs> but there's an episode that I just love to death that uh, the midget and I watch where they go to a mystery solvers convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jabberjaw is there, and Speed Buggy, Speed Buggy. is there, and yeah. the Funky Phantom, and all the knockoff characters. Yeah, yeah. The Scooby-Doo ripoff are there competing against the real Scooby to uh, win the, uh, I think it's the Tri-County Trophy or something. Oh, yeah. What and I, I just, I, I love that meta statement there. It's yeah. Cool. In the live action uh, TV movies, they did the Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. Curse of the Lake Monster and Scooby-Doo The Mystery Begins, I think, was the first one done for... Um, Cartoon Network, I think is what it is. But they, uh, they've got this girl who plays, uh, Daphne, uh, Haley Kiyoko is her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were, I think you made a mention to, um, uh, what was that? Lemon, uh, what the hell was that? Uh, Lemon Smile, uh, some kids movie that was on, uh, that's oh, a musical. Mouth? Yeah. Lemonade Mouth. You made a reference to that a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. she's in that made for TV <clears throat> movie as well. So you probably, but she yeah, looks so totally different. Asian, yeah. She's the aged Velma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she doesn't look like it in the, in those movies because of the way her hair is and the way they've got her with those glasses. Doesn't look Asian, which is really weird. Not that there's anything well, wrong with it, but. Um, now, Velma is one of those iconic characters where it's about the look. Yeah. They had limited animation back in the day, so everybody had a standard, basically, uniform. And everybody in this show has a color palette. Mm-hmm. Fred is primarily blue and white. Right. Daphne's all purple. purple. Velma is the greens and reds. Or the the reds and oranges. Sorry, I'm colorblind. But I started being colorblind after I learned my colors. And as my nearsightedness gets worse, my colors change. It's awesome. Um, but in any case, Shaggy... <laughs> As the green color palette, mm-hmm. which is why if you ever see the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo where they put Shaggy in a red shirt because he's the hero now, yeah. they've eliminated Fred, huh. it doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work because it changes Shaggy's his, – his very tone, his existence is changed by changing his shirt. So, you know, after that, you always see Shaggy back in his little hunter green skirt – that may actually have been white at one point because, yeah. you know, he's a hippie. Yep. And we don't know what he's smoking. Oh, I do. Scooby Do you? Yeah. For me, the real Scooby-Doo starts in 1969. And when Scooby-Doo started. <laughs> yeah. And continues on till right about 1979-ish. Yeah, really so what, Scooby-Doo. What messed it up for me was Scooby Goes Hollywood. Yeah, so Scooby-Doo started in 69, ran until 1970, and then took mm-hmm. a hiatus. Um, but it still aired. Yeah, it did in those reruns. And those are the ones that probably you and I saw first uh, from, you know, when they were rerunning them, 70, 71. And then it picked up again in 76, uh, 76 or 78. And that was the Scooby-Doo show. Yeah. Uh, and then that ran uh, with the the Batmans and the Sally, Sally Duncans and all of that. <laughs> Um, Sandy Duncan's, and that's where they they brought in the whole Scooby family with Scooby Dumb, uh, Scooby Dumb, and, and Scooby, Scooby D. D, and Scrappy Doo, of course. I loved that's Scooby silly. Dumb be- for one reason: when you'd see Scooby Dumb and Scooby Doo working together, 
it was Dawes Butler and Don Messick working together. And the part of me that knows voice actors, even when I'm six and seven, is like, I know that guy's voice, and this is yeah. awesome. <laughs> I just I just looked at it as when Scooby Doo and and Scooby Dumb were together it was basically um, Gomer and. Um, what was his brother's name? The Pyle brothers or cousins or whatever uh, they were. Gomer and Goober. Goober, Goober and Gomer. Dum, 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 dum. Yep, yep. <laughs> I don't know. I just, by the time that the series came back after those first two seasons, I just, something was missing in that. And again, it may have been because they realized, hey, these reruns, these 24 episodes, we're getting a hell of a lot of mileage out of them. Let's make some oh, yeah. new ones and make some more money. Um, even as a kid, you know, we're talking for Matthew and I, you're talking when that season three came out in 76 or whenever it came out, we're already six years old by the time that comes uh-huh. out. And so six, seven, eight, nine, ten, um, that's, we were target audience of that. And even then I was like, these are just not as good. And yeah. people would go puppy power. And I'd be like, you're a loser, man. <laughs> you're stupid. Well, and I think the problem that really comes into it is the addition of Scrappy Doo was not a deal breaker for me in that Scrappy had, he had some merit. People don't say this anymore because, you know, it's, well, it's the public's opinion. The, right. the court of public opinion has said that Scrappy Doo is awful. Scrappy-Doo was not the straw that broke the camel's back. However, it was the beginning of the changes to the show that led to the changes in the format and the one fatal change, which was about, I want to say about the time of the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. It may have been that season. They actually had supernatural elements. Yeah. There was a vampire and there were real monsters. And the problem is when you have real monsters – it undermines the God help me the reality. Well, that's why I said <laughs> when when you introduce the Globe Trotters and you introduce the Batman and the Robin and when you introduce I forget who else was in the All Star when you introduce Laurel and Hardy, um, Laurel and Hardy into those series, Don, it's like totally Don Knotts. I mean, all of that as great as it was to go. Oh my God, there's uh, there's Barney Fife in with the with Scooby Doo and oh my gosh, and uh, you know who Laurel and Hardy are, Zach. Mm-mm. Do you know who Scooby-Doo is? I guess we should oh, have said yeah. that. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I've watched episodes of old Scooby-Doo's before. Okay. Um, wait, you know, wait, for, wait, for wait. us, it was really cool to see those you characters know, go in there, but it just seems so eek to me. It was yeah. just like, and, eh, there's something not right about Batman and Scooby-Doo sharing, you know, Scooby snacks. Yeah. <laughs> and by stretching that premise, they proved two things. One, that Scooby-Doo as an institution, as a, as a creation has the flexibility to where his reality isn't necessarily destroyed right. by, you know, the appearance of a celebrity guest star. But yeah, it's definitely damaged. Am I gone? No, no, you're yeah. there. But it's 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 definitely damaged. <laughs> well, <off>. that's fine. <laughs> I think it right, leads right. to... No, you're it, fine. You're fine. It leads to what? It leads to carpentry. No, um, <laughs> it leads to a point where you start saying, how far can I push that envelope? For me, the new Scooby-Doo movies are still good. They're not the same. They can't be the same continuity. And, you know, again, it's an alternate universe, clearly, of uh, the original <laughs> 24 episodes because Scooby ends up hanging out with, you know, Don Adams and, and Jerry Reed. By the way, the Jerry Reed episode Ugh. of the 
we do movies. Ugh. It's one of the greatest Ugh. moments <laughs> in history. It is bar none the moment where I became a man. I be I, I transfigured myself from eight-year-old <laughs> boy to the amazing master of pop culture that you know today because i'm like who the hell is jerry reed and i'm like uh okay and i asked my mother's second husband who's jerry reed and he gave me an eight track tape of amos moses (laughs) yeah and amos moses lived in a swamp (laughs) had some good had some good language in that album if i remember didn't it though oh jerry reed jerry reed was a damn genius so then, and but, i think that was the first time i heard son of a bitch used in a song was a jerry reed song yeah i i i would say you're probably correct but more importantly <laughs> going back to scooby did <laughs> i think scooby as a mystery solver is awesome i just think that it's interesting to me that this is based very much on dobie gillis mm-hmm. which is based very much on archie yeah because Dobie Gillis is essentially Archie. Um, well, Dobie Jug- is Archie. Jughead, right? Yeah, Archie and then Jughead is Maynard G. Krebs. Mm-hmm. Maynard G. Krebs then becomes Shaggy. Mm-hmm. Archie becomes Freddy. Yeah. You know, as you go through it, you have that whole thing. And more importantly, you put a lot of char- thought into this, it sounds like, Matthew. <laughs> I, I love Scooby Doo. These characters work in different stories. Um, there's a website out there. Brendan Douglas Jones used to do a cartoon called. Uh, um, Breakfast of the Gods, but he right, has a right, section right, right. on his website yeah. uh, of fan fiction, mm-hmm. and he did a story that was a real-world telling by Velma Dinkley as a 60-year-old woman nah. uh, about what really happened. Yeah, that's awesome. And about her life and, and the things that happened and what led up to it and whether they actually solved mysteries, and it turned out that the mysteries were her telling stories to entertain all of her friends who were stoner hippies in the 60s and they moved to Haight-Ashbury. It's a wonderful story. And you read that story, a realistic adult story with language and concepts that you will never see, but the characters remain true. Yeah. And the characters are iconic enough that it's clearly Norville Rogers. It's not like this is a story about what if Shaggy were real. It's this is a different kind of story told with the character of Shaggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's like it's like Falstaff. Yeah. You know, it's that character. Uh Eddie Izzard says that uh Shaggy and Scooby are universal characters that everyone loves because they believe in cowardice oh, and sandwiches. And that's true. I, I I'm not discounting that uh that there isn't something special about Scooby Doo. Um like I said, for a long time, probably until I was about eight. I mean it was Scooby Doo. It was after school or after daycare. You, you came nine. No, no. Uh, you come home after after daycare, or you're waiting for your mom to pick you up from the babysitters, and Scooby Doo came in at that afternoon slot, and we would just sit there and watch it, and we thought it was so cool, and we would you run hear around. the drum riff and and the bass yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. It's um, hey Scooby. Yeah, that was great. Uh, so there's something great the about that the stuff. Second open. That's from the screen. Right. That's the one that most people hear because that's the one that they ran with the, for the longest time. Um, but the, um, I don't know, but when it just, uh, like I said, when that 78 stuff hit, it just, I was kind of done with it for whatever yeah. reason. And I'm, I, I know well, you have a, I know you like it, but I mean, it just, 
it pushed the boundary beyond, as you said, it pushed that boundary beyond uh, what was a a horror type mystery show and turned it into a slapstick comedy, essentially. Yeah, it it basically became turned them into the teenage A team. Yeah, it was a parody of itself. Yeah. And the thing that that's fascinating about this is you being eight, uh, both of us being eight or nine actually coincides because right. yeah, we're at an age right there where we're not interested in this property anymore. But more importantly, the property was 10 years old. They right. were trying to find a way to revitalize it mm-hmm. and they revitalized it. The property outgrew itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that people, you know, people who are our age who love Scooby-Doo and tell everybody, Zach, you should love Scooby-Doo or I'll kill you. <laughs> Done. Or, you know, whatever we say. <laughs> we say that, and I think there's a point where you grow out of something. And for us, we grew out of it just as it grew into something else, something that definitely wasn't for us. Well, but that's so, that's kind of a that's kind of a revelation for many things, Matthew. I mean, that's that's comic books, that's movies, that's, you know, so many things that... I've never grown out of No, no, no. Book. But, I mean, we're talking about... Uh, we were talking about in... Pants I've grown out of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking back in issue 458 about the uh, the Justice League and how people are like, oh, that's going to suck. And it's like, well, you know, you and I, Matthew, aren't really the target audience for the Justice League movie. We're probably that tangential, that tertiary audience that they're going to hit. Yeah. But they're really hitting Zach down to yeah. about 14-year-olds, um, maybe 10-year-olds, mm-hmm. maybe, wherever that PG-13 13, 13 age uh, line is drawn. Um, that's really kind of that target, primary target audience. Now, of course, because of the toy market, you can slide that down to 8-year-olds. And really, except for the Colson scene in the, uh, in the Avengers, a lot of 8-year-olds could go see the Avengers movie. Except for the, you know, getting the knife through the bursting out of the chest. So, yeah, we may go and look at some things like, for us, Scooby-Doo, and I'm sitting there going, I remember when Scooby-Doo was cool. Mm -hmm. And then all these other young kids like my sister who were just getting into (laughs) Scrappy-Doo going, oh, Scrappy-Doo is so cool, and who's this Davy Jones character? And it's just like... Davy okay. Jones. <laughs> That's probably your favorite episode of all time, right? The Davy Jones. Oh no, episode. I hate that episode. Why? It's got Davy Jones I hate in that it. Episode. <laughs> well, yeah, but Davy's never been my favorite monkey, and oh, it's an okay. awful episode. Don't there they isn't have enough monkeys isn't there, in it? Is it the whole monkeys or just Davy Jones? I forgot. Just Davy. Okay. Yeah, that would have been after the monkeys. The monkeys actually broke up in 1970. Okay. Um. Well, they didn't so much break up as drift up because the last album was just Mickey and Davy. Yeah. And, you know, their contract ran out and they stopped having anybody care. But, yeah, it, that is a least favorite episode. Probably my favorite episode Sad is... Sad that I remember that. The 10,000 Volt Ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was pretty... I that's, love it, that that's one. Not the ski, that's not the ski episode, is it? That's I think not the one where actually. they're up in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's all orange and glowy. Yeah, yeah. And, and they, do, that, they the, do the bit inside the filing cabinet. Yeah, that was always good. Yeah, the the mm-hmm. seminal, wonderful, horrifying moment in um, the astronaut ghost. I love that. Where one. That's the, probably my the favorite one. Does his horrifying laugh that? <laughs> oh my god, that's horrifying! And I like to horrify my child. I can't do that laugh. Yeah, yeah. but I can do one like it, and it goes like this. <laughs> we need to. Uh, we need to take it's a evil. top five. Probably one where Zach can't be around. I don't know. I but you think Rodrigo knows Scooby Doo? Knows like yeah. all the episodes of Scooby Doo. 
He might. Oh, yeah, he might. Rodrigo's younger than us, but remember, his pop culture, American pop culture. Oh, yeah, was delayed by about 15 years because he was in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of times we have similar touchstones in American pop culture. Yeah, it might be interesting to do a top five favorite episodes of Scooby-Doo. Maybe. Do you remember the one where the tiki scare? Yeah, yeah, that, that's another. So the it's the uh, it's the astro- astronaut ghost. I don't want to give my whole top five away, but astronaut ghost, um, the tiki scare, and uh, Volt would probably be down at number five. Um, or the wax phantom. Uh, not the wax, wax phantom, phantom, but the one where they're in the amusement park. Uh, what about is the another one? Well, the one where they're in the amusement park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's more than one of those. Yes, probably. <laughs> but it would be in within the first 24 episodes, so and more in than likely first... within the first 17 episodes. Really? Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, the uh, entire economy has collapsed. I can I can see that. I can see that because like why that. on oh, earth the one with the haunted robot? Yes. Yeah, the scary scary laugh from the haunted robot is almost as bad as the yeah. haunted uh the astronaut. Uh, I can't give away my top five. I don't want to give it away because that's uh, not what this show's about. Let us talk about quickly movies we are looking forward to in the last half of 2012. Zach, what do you got? Um. Oh, Skyfall. Skyfall. Looking really forward to Skyfall. Yeah, James Bond. Yep. Um, Me too. Cloud Atlas Cloud came Atlas. out of nowhere. And I'm really excited about it. Directed by the Wachowski siblings. Yes. Um. Yeah. And I think it was independently funded. It is a huge budget. Yeah, it's got a huge budget. It's got a huge cast. Yeah. I mean, you've got Halle Berry and you've got Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. And then you've got, yeah. crap, who else is in there? There's a couple of more really big names. Uh, um, what's his name from um, Kevin Spacey, I think, is in it, isn't he? Look K-Pax. Yes, K-Pax. <laughs> uh, talk about some movies that really we thought had potential and then did not. Uh, that was definitely one of them. Let's see. All right. Um, Hugo Weaving is in it. Hugo Weaving's in it. Okay. Jim Sturgis. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. Da, 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 da. What? What? What's coming up this year? Well, um, fourth quarter movies uh, that we have coming out, Matthew. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Taken is already out. I still want to see Argo. If you did, you go see Argo yet? No, I really want to see that one too. Uh, we've got Wreck It Ralph. Oh, that looks awesome. I kind of want to see that. That looks cool. Just because of all Cause the got, stuff they throw in. Well, I like the fact that it's got John C. Riley and Sarah Silverman and, and right. a bunch of people that I consider to be excellent second bananas in primary roles. John C. Riley is amazing. Yeah, I love Mr. Doing Boogie Nights. Thing, yeah. Boogie Nights, great. For the longest time, I thought he was Philip Seymour Hoffman. And <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, that's awesome. They play the same role. They, they play chubby red-haired guy. Skyfall, you already mentioned. Yeah. Lincoln uh, is Ooh, out I already. I kind of want to see Lincoln now that I've started seeing previews, previews of Lincoln. I haven't seen a preview yet. I've heard some people say it looks pretty I cool. saw one tonight, actually, the uh, the first Lincoln preview that I saw. And um, it's uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Playing Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Um, the Man with the Iron Fists. Yes, I'm I really in. want to see that. Yeah. Just because that's going to be so over-the-top gore right. fest, but it's mixing in the, even though it's not Quentin Tarantino directing it, it's no, got no. his style yeah. mixed with the the kung fu, mixed mm-hmm. with the high action, mixed with the blood and guts. And what I like about this, this is kind of like Black Dynamite. And this is what I wish, and, and not for pervy reasons or whatever, but there's a lot of nudity in 
in this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's got nudity and violence, things you don't see in movies anymore because mm-hmm. people are afraid of that hard R. And so when you look at like Black Dynamite was the same way, and that was an excellent movie. Um, but I'm really looking forward to The Man with the Iron Fist. I yeah. want to see that. It's one. kind of a, like I'm not big into action movies. Just, I don't know, I don't like it, but I'm getting into the like weird, yeah, especially like Quentin Tarantino, like the Kill Bill stuff. I really right. like the, when it gets to the, the, the Kung Fu kind of stuff, I really like that. It's like hyper violent. I right, think right, that, right. I'm really starting to enjoy that. So when I saw the previous for that, I was like, yes. I think you would probably it. get a kick out of looking at some of the older, even some of the more modern stuff uh, coming out of China, mm-hmm. some of their action movies with like Jet Li and right, right. Uh, some of the early Jackie Chan stuff, because some of that is really good, like mm-hmm. House of Flying Daggers and um, Fung Sai Yuk. Uh, I think you'd get a kick out of those out of those stories if you can catch them. I 13 Assassins is on iTunes right now. Uh, there's another one that is, Matthew, you might get a kick out of this one too. Um, it's The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Uh, Rodrigo and I kind of mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on one of the shows. But it is oh, basically no. the good, the bad, and the ugly set in 1920s China. Hmm. And it is, hmm. it's as long as the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and it basically has the same premise. I mean, really, it's the same movie just done in, not in China, maybe it's uh, Korea, I forget where it's at. <laughs> um, but uh, it is really, it's really good. I liked it a lot. Uh, so you might want to check that mm-hmm. out. Since you don't go to the movies, Matthew. I don't necessarily. Are you gonna? I have no idea what's supposed to come out. Seven um, Psychopaths is that out? Oh, I wanted to watch I think that. that. It, it came out uh, two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. It came out, but it, of course we didn't get it because our movie theater sucks. Well, it's better than most. Did, let's just say. Well, that. Did Casa de Mi Padre come out? Uh, yeah, the that's Will, on, the Will yeah, Ferrell one. I think that's already on. Already. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's been out for a while. Yeah. Um. Going That's back one thing to, you guys do have before us is uh, bootleg movies because of all the truckers who stop through and need a bootleg movie. We don't have bootleg movies here. No. Hastings. Yeah, you do. No, we don't. Hastings is all bootleg. No, it's not. <laughs> Hastings doesn't have the rights to sell anything that they sell. Yes, they Hastings Matthew, you're bad mouthing. Release. Come on. We don't want to do a lawsuit. These oh. opinions expressed by Matthew are not the exp- uh, opinions of major spoilers <laughs> and should not be anything that you should get prank in trouble in. Prank prank <laughs> Life I of don't Pi. know you. Life of Pi looks interesting. Looks interesting, yeah. Based on a book, and, and when the book came out like six years ago, I want to say, people were like all crazy for it. Mm. So it doesn't surprise me that they've turned this into a movie. Yeah, I've been I've seen it heralded as the next Avatar, which... Oh, well, I guess I'm not going to see it then. That's, a, that's an interesting title. Oh, but going back to Seven Psychopaths, is that based on the comic book? No idea. Okay. I don't know that no there idea. was a comic book seven. Yes, and it was a it was put out by uh, Boom Studios, um, but it was based. Oh my God, there was. And it was because um, I reviewed it, um, but it was that was based on a European um, comic that they translated. Did it have a dog in it? No. Oh. So it may not be a it may not be an adaptation of that, which I'm is what I was sure interested a dog in. in it. Well, in the movie there is, but I don't think in the uh, in the uh, comic book there Let's is. See, I don't think it is. Yeah, I, maybe it just shares the same title. Um, so we've also got uh, the Hobbit coming in yeah. December. You're not interested in that. I'm not. You and I'm Rodrigo and Matthew Tolkien. not interested in that. Um. Not interested. Yeah. No. The only way that I will probably see it 
which is not going to happen, is if they give me the 48 frames in Haze. No, that's not happen. happening. They're um, only doing they're yeah. only doing the 48 frames yeah, in like certain six things. six theaters in the nation, and they're all East Coast West Coast. Right. I don't even think Chicago's getting it. Don't so, think Denver's getting it. So the odds of me. Going to drop some money and watching The Hobbit is very low. I can't wait yeah, to see it. It's that. all right. You can rent Meteor Man again. <laughs> Les Mis? I mean, yes. That's that's one thing I'm looking forward to. I like a good musical. And this seems to be... They actually they actually made them sing on set while filming. Yeah, this is quite a bit different than... Uh, what was the... Um, what was the... Uh, Tom Cruise's ex-wife, uh, Nicole Kidman, and the other... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, uh, man, it's one of my favorite. It's Moulin one of my, Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Rouge. Yes, it's not like that. Great movie. It's yeah, a great movie, awesome. and it's really awesome. But this is not that. No, this is where they're actually playing the music and requiring Hugh Jackman and all these other people yeah. to sing live, and that's what you hear in the movie. And I cannot wait to see. Yes, that, that looks. I like. Really I like good. this. I like the music of uh, of this uh, this musical. Mm-hmm. I've seen it on stage a couple of times, really? and it's really fantastic to see live. I've seen the. Straight on drama without the music movie, and then mm-hmm. there was another. There was a musical made, and I forget what year it was. Um, but you know, they made a Les Mis like a couple like years, ten ago. years ago, something six like years that, ago, yeah. something like that. But I'm interested in seeing this, and certainly I'm sure Hugh Jacks- Jackman will uh, bring some more. Those are just some of the big name ones that uh, IMDb has, yeah. but we know that there are so many other movies. Yeah, I'm hoping out. for some other kind of like lower. Maybe like Red d- Dawn. You ever uh, seen the original Red Dawn? Is That's that Wolverines? Oh, no. I'm Nobody of a, puts baby in a corner. <laughs> no, it's a different movie. Of a Stay Golden Pony Boy. Different movie. It's all the same actors. That <laughs> counts. Um, they have pancakes. <laughs> did you end up ever seeing Looper? Yes, I did. Did you like it? Uh, okay, so Looper, my review of Looper. <laughs> Everyone was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing in the whole world. <laughs> and I went in and I was like, not expecting the kid killing. Yeah. That was the When I saw that happen, oh. I was like, oh, crap. I'm not ready. I'm not sure if I want to watch the rest of this movie. Yeah. And I was just not ready for the kid killing. For even though when, we don't. For even when though, he goes crazy and just like. No, 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 no. When, when um, the Bruce Willis character yeah. comes back. And he's like, hey, oh, the oh, only way oh, that I can prevent yeah. the Rainmaker from mm-hmm. being the Rainmaker is to go and track they down these kids, kids in these time right. period and kill them. And you see him, you see the kid, the little ginger walking up to his doorstep, mm-hmm. and he turns around and in slow motion you just see Bruce Willis turning around and walking towards him, reaches into his pocket, pulls the gun out, points it at the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you don't see the gun pointed at the kid. You see the gun pointed towards camera, and then you see the kid's reaction and then you cut to the wide shot and you hear the gun go off multiple times and then you see Bruce Willis running away and he acts slightly remorseful as a character mm-hmm. but i was just like holy crap he just killed a kid yeah that was yeah there was some intense parts for the whole him trying to save his wife in the future by killing yeah, yeah. just some little kids yeah, uh, yeah the second time different. the second time was different because he didn't actually get to commit the murder because the guy was there with the taser gun yep that was tracking him so he didn't commit that but I was a little desensitized by that point. When you get to the uh, Akira moment where the Rainmaker actually makes people explode, mm-hmm. that was kind of interesting just from because we've seen it before in so many other types of movies. Yeah. Uh, but then when he runs out into the field, when uh, 
Gordon Levitt runs out into the field and just sees the kid covered in blood. Right. That was a little disturbing too. Yes. So I didn't think it was a super great movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good movie, but people who are heralding this as the best time travel movie probably have never seen Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was it was an interesting movie. I'm glad I went to it. Um, I could start to pick out a few plot holes mm-hmm. along the way. And um, I think he resolved it well as a, as far as character development goes when, and again, this, these are all big spoilers. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but when uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character decides, hey, this is the way I can end this situation mm-hmm. and prevent the Rainmaker from happening, um, it shows some character development because all along, all throughout, from the time he's the, Joseph Gordon-Levitt character all the way till he becomes the Bruce Willis character sent back in time. He's all Mm self-centered and it's only after he meets the Rainmaker that he realizes that he shouldn't be as Mm self-centered, which of course is jeopardizing the future and eventually the outcome of that movie is jeopardized, but it shows that he is willing to change Mm -hmm. in order to do the right thing. And so that worked for me. Uh, The technology bit was kind of cool, but I don't know. I give a B minus, I think, for me. Yeah. Did you come out that way? Um, no, I think I, I enjoyed it a little bit more than you did. I think it handled time travel with minimizing as many loops without, because they just pretty much it's like, oh, we can't explain it. It's just going right, to make right. your oh, head. Oh, yeah, they, don't, yeah nice they, don't, they don't try to explain yeah, it. Yeah, no, which was nice. Um, yeah, no, I think I like, there were some things you could see the coming, other, like yeah. the kid being... TK and some like when they did the whole uh, he kills the guy or he goes back to he goes back in the future watch him live out his life and he comes back and like Mm -hmm. oh well I could hear people like oh what's going on like well this is come on guys it's not that hard to figure out right Uh, the problem was and this is as soon as I realized what Willis was doing uh, what his character was doing I was like oh this is the very first Terminator movie because there's a killing machine Mm -hmm. from the future that has come back to kill Sarah Connor, and he doesn't know which Sarah Connor it is, so he's just going around and killing Sarah Connors. Meanwhile, here's somebody else who has a part in all of this, who's trying to save the Sarah Connor character, in this case, the Rainmaker, and he falls in love, and there's some getting it on, getting it on going, and so it was very much, this Mm -hmm. is Terminator, and that was the other problem that I had with it, because once that happened, I was like, oh, well, here's this tie, here's this similarity, here's this similarity, and once my mind starts thinking, then you know that I've been taken out of the movie yeah. and I'm focusing too much on external stuff mm-hmm. than I am focusing on the story itself. So one of the, one of my favorite sequences when they're trying to get, uh, when the first looper loses his, uh, guy and they mm-hmm. have to get him and they bring that doctor and he starts cutting stuff off. That was pretty cool. That was like one of the creepiest scenes I've that ever was pretty, seen. That was pretty creepy, but I thought, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. I like that. And they did, they had a nice, uh, because they let up with that when... Bruce Willis sees the scar right, in his yeah. hand and he's thinking, oh, no, oh, yeah. uh, I've been captured. And then he pulls it up and it's and it's something else. I was like, oh, that was very well done. Mm-hmm. And that was clever, but B minus at most for me. I don't know. I, I'm just, I don't know. It, it, we had a big, long discussion many, 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 many moons ago about uh, why certain time periods of our lives seem to generate these things that have the greatest pleasures. And for Matthew, maybe it's Scooby-Doo. Um, for me, it was that time period. Uh, it was that time period for me between basically when I got my driver's license and then when I went off to college was Mm -hmm. that, that time. 
that you may be right in that time period right now where these are your things. I know that there's somebody else who just thinks moon is the greatest movie ever. And I'm just like, no, it's really not. That was the same guy that did, uh, that subway movie, whatever that thing was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I never saw moon. That movie was okay. Yeah. So I don't know, Matthew, have you looked and found anything else that, uh, strikes your fancy for the last half of the year that you've heard of? Um, no, but I have found out that I really love the movies of 1994, 95. <laughs> Cause that was when the crow came out and blank man and the mask and, and, uh, mighty Morphin power Rangers, the movie and, that was, then Lion King come out in 94. Probably. Oh, I don't know. I think so. Hey, uh, yeah, 94. <laughs> 1994 for sure. Yeah. Good one. That Zach. was a good, Woo-hoo. that was the first time my parents let me go see a movie by myself. No, I was, well, I was born I was that three. year I'm <laughs> huh? I was three. Oh, well, there he you go. He was way, Stephen. Don't make him older than he is. He's eight. <laughs> I felt, I felt kind the of old. The first movie I saw was Spider-Man 2, and I don't it was know awesome. I felt like, because I realized we were watching Nickelodeon today while we ate, and they have, they're redoing some of their old game shows from the 90s of when I was watching yeah. Nickelodeon, and they played that a commercial. Works. If you watch Nickelodeon, you get to see a bunch of government commercials you don't usually watch. You watch ABC and stuff. And so they had a commercial that said, kids, ask your parents before going online. I was like, I was probably the first generation of kids that ever got to hear that on television. Yeah, probably. So we're, so what were the game shows when, when, when you were a kid in the 90s? Was that like, like you uh, can't do that on television? Or was that like younger? Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh. This was like figured so out. There was like figured <laughs> yeah. out in that okay. temple of... Uh, oh, Temple Run or whatever. Temple that, yeah, yeah I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Matthew, you watch too much television. <laughs> I watch too much everything. It's kind of my shtick. So Matthew had uh, brought up right before we started recording, hey, why do young people suck? <laughs> yeah, they do. Why? Well, and I think part of it is because they're all like, ooh, let's go try this new thing. And I'm like, I don't want to go camping. <laughs> Your daughter but, wants you to wants to take you camping. No, my daughter actually is is not technically young because she's uh, we're we're watching Power Rangers RPM now, which is about seven years old, and uh, she was like, "This seems familiar." I'm like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "This is totally ripping off that she something that I had never heard of," and I'm like, "Honey, this came out like years before." So. Like, yay, I'm breeding a little hipster. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but she got it backwards, so she's kind of like the reverse hipster. Yeah. That's like she's Zach, a that's that's like saying uh Terminator, why wow, that's nothing but a poor rip off of Looper. <laughs> well, yeah, but people say that. <laughs> people say that all the time. Go to major spoilers and uh, they'll tell you why this movie's gonna suck because Batman was awesome. <laughs> I think honestly, the young people don't suck, but what it really comes down to is when someone says You're to me, I have scared. a really. No, people are like, I have a really old comic book. I'm like, oh, yeah. They're like, yeah, it's the first appearance of Venom. Yeah, I get that sometimes <laughs> where people, back when I had my license plate that said comics, yeah, people would stop me and go, oh, are you into comics? And I remember I was up by, I was at Radio Shack and the guy that runs the diamond oh, store next door, the jewelry yeah. store was like, hey, I got all these old comics. Uh, you might be interested in them. I was like, all right, I'll know. take a look at them. And it was like the Kent's. Oh, it was like 1995, 96. These are like really old. And I was like, yeah, these are worth like 10 cents. 
I was like, well, no I think thanks. I've told the story before, but I'm going to tell it again of the kid who walked into my store with the reprint in 1993, they killed Superman. And one of the issues was issued with a reprint of action comics. Number one. Right. And he brought this in and he set it down you know, and it wasn't even a good copy. He set it down and he said, I heard this was worth a million bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you have an original, it is. And he's like, well, how do you know this is an original? And I, I looked around the store and I, I made sure that I was behind the counter drawing a paycheck to know this stuff. And I, I looked at him and I, and I tried not to be a jerk. I'm like, well, first of all, the original Action Comics number one was probably 68 pages. This is only 25. Mm -hmm. Secondly, Golden Age comics are a good inch and a half wider than this. This is actually a modern age reprint that's been shrunken down. Third, and I think most important here on the cover, it says July 1994. <laughs> so that probably means it wasn't printed in 1938. <laughs> and most importantly, I know for a fact that you don't have an action comics number one because there are maybe 20 or 30 copies of that book in existence. And if another one pops up and shows up in the store – you know, good condition, bad condition, whatever. It's not going to be just some kid walking in with it off the street and saying, I found this in grandma's garage. A lot of people know that an old Superman comic is going to be worth money. And it's going to be somebody who comes in and says, hey, this old comic that I found is worth lots of money. I read about it on the Internet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not going to it's not going to be some kid going, hey, uh, this was my grandpa's or something. No, I. um yeah, I, I that happens a lot these days, and I think if oh, I yeah, ever do if I do a comic book, like, I'm going to date it like, yeah. even though it may come out in like 2013, <laughs> the first critical hit uh, comic book will come out in 2013, but the cover date yeah. is going to be like 2025, <laughs> so no, that people will go in. Like, no, really, this came out in 2013, <laughs> but it clearly says here on the cover, 2025. I should know this trick. I walked into a comic book store once, and the man behind the what counter happened? yelled at me about Action Comics. It was really fat, too. No, <laughs> I don't think that young people suck. I think young people are awesome. I believe that children are the future, and you should teach them well and let them <sighs> lead the way. Too soon, dude. But as I show them the beauty they possess inside, I also have too to show soon. them that sometimes too soon. being young, and Craig, <laughs> Craig Ferguson explained this to me. And oh, I think this too is soon. People want to be young. Because being young means being awesome and desirable. But being young also means sometimes being rash and possibly foolish and at least not necessarily, you know, not wise, not knowledgeable. And it's come to a point where being young is actually equated with being an idiot. So grown-up people act like an idiot to act like they're young. And young people wear their hats all sideways and say dog <laughs> and stuff. You and know. I'm like, well, this is not the stuff that I grew up with, and therefore it is bad and wrong. Um, speaking of Superman, one last thing before we get out of here. Someone uh, tweeted to me, Chris uh, tweeted, for you fellow comic book nerds, my wife wants the best trade of Superman to get her up to date. Suggestions? Ugh. Define up to date. Well, so that's that's the, the problem. Mean, if so you want to, would mean the first volume of the New Fifty Two. Yeah, exactly. Mean, yeah, the yeah, the first a, yeah the first uh, Action Comics run. It would be what I would recommend. Yeah. Um. Or the Justice League run, of the first volume. Yeah. But Superman. I mean, hey, can you go wrong with the Burn? Uh, Superman, the first uh, Superman from Burn. Yeah, you can. 
because some of those are awful. Well, it, it depends on what you mean by up to date, because those Burns Superman books are 30 years old now. Well, I know. That's they the bear, thing. They bear no resemblance to what you're going to see now. You know, if I was going to say Superman stories to get you up to date, I would see if she could get a hold of the uh, Denny O'Neill Superman run from 1971, where his powers were cut in half. That's some good stuff. Yeah, but you're going back even further than Burn. Yeah, because I'm yeah. awesome. I, I, it's hard to say. I mean, today, if you're saying, hey, what's a good jumping on point? Go back and pick up the issue ones of all the DC mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, that's probably the best jumping on point. Issue 13 might be the next best jumping on point. Yeah, for most titles. Probably. I don't know if I would go looking for issue ones because you might be able to find issue ones, but you're almost certainly not going to find two and three. Oh, just because of sellouts? Uh, well, because the uh, orders on two were half of one and orders on three weren't necessarily as large. But I would say probably the trade paperbacks. Because those are going to lead into the continuity, which I think becomes the new Superman with uh, Henry Fonda uh, in it. And then that will lead into the new Justice League movie, uh, Justice League Unincorporated. Should he, should, should, uh, what about that Jeff Johns Superman year one or whatever that was? Oh, God, no. <laughs> where they showed where, the, where, where he got his glasses that don't melt when he shoots nope. his eyes through. <laughs> no, that's no longer. Nope. nope. <laughs> Don't even go there. Where the Legion came back in time to say, hey. Nope, 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 nope. Well, maybe the Legion, but nope. nope. <laughs> I don't, See, that's such a hard question. I, I just don't. Uh... What do you want to know about Superman? I'll tell you about your Superman. Superman is so strong, he can throw a boat right over a hedge. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's how strong he is. You're Superman. He's that strong. I, I personally, I would say, see if you can get the first trade or the first 12 issues of, or maybe even the first six yeah. issues, although the first 12 issues of Grant Morrison's Action Comics in the new 52. I think that's probably mm. your best bet. Um, yeah. But again, Superman finding the first finding the first 12 issues in a collected trade may be hard since the first 12th issue just came out two months ago. I don't think that yeah, trade is also the, six or seven issues. Yeah. There's also the option of, you know, grabbing one of those $35 DC. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But that's not going to get. I mean, if you're wanting to get up to speed on just the character. Yeah. Those showcase those 1999 showcase books. Great. Yeah. I'll tell you what you need to know about your Superman. See, or you could go into a hero history. Started. You could go over to Majorspoilers.com and check out the hero history of Superboy. Did you do Superman or just Superboy? Just Superboy and just Superboy in relationship. Well, that's not true either. Here's what I actually did. It was just Superboy, the origin of crypto, <laughs> Matthew's, Matthew's best moments of Superboy. Yeah, and one particular issue, non-related issue of Legion of Super... Or, and of, for uh, some reason, Prez got mixed in there as well. Action comics that I wanted to read about, because um, it, is, it is canonical that uh, Jor-El and Lara escaped the explosion of Krypton, but they're floating through space in a rocket made of kryptonite that Superman oh. can't get near. You know what? Uh, let me ask you something else. Uh, I, I I know we're going long on this, but I guess that's okay. You don't have to go. You don't have a curfew, do you, Zach? No, not not this week. Um, <laughs> I, I did all my chores last week, and this weekend I helped my dad mow and rake the leaves. So I got to stay out until like uh, eleven forty-five because my parents always <laughs> said nothing happens good after midnight. So gonna be in bed by then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so there was a, a um, I don't know why you're laughing. His parents are mean. 
So there was a story that broke. So uh, this episode that you're listening to now, listeners, was recorded on uh, Tuesday, October 23rd, the day before. 1967. The day before it's, it's uh, comics came out. Yeah, it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> a two, a five, a ten dollar a month recurring donation. Go to the uh, <laughs> website. Click on the Amazon link. Buy stuff. Um October 24th, the new issue of Superman comes out. Uh, but USA Today is running this story on the 23rd about Clark oh, Kent quitting the Daily Planet. Oy. And <laughs> people were like, oh, my God, I can't believe DC Comics is spoiling this comic book. And it's like Clark Kent quitting the Daily Planet is a spoiler, a huge spoiler yeah. that you're upset about. And I'm just like, hey, remember when they killed Superman? And they telegram and they put it in the newspapers and on TV months before he died. Um, Matthew, is this a big deal with with you know saying that Charles Xavier is dead or saying that Clark Kent is quitting the Daily Planet? Are these big deals to announce the day before no. the the book goes on sale? Or are people should people be should people be upset about this? I mean, I don't, I well, don't. People have the right. Sure, they certainly they they, they can be upset, but is it? I don't know. It seems, I mean, I get spoiled all the time. Away, yeah. What they're giving away is basically the equivalent of the coming attractions that you see at the end of Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, oh my God, how is that going? What? Wait, why is that happening? I have to come back next week, even though half of this episode made me want to shoot myself in the face. It was so boring. <laughs> this teaser has now convinced me that I have to watch the show again. It's. It's like Captain America being assassinated was tripped the day before. Yeah. The Human Torch croaking was tripped the day before. It's driving sales. President Obama is, is going to be in thing. the Spider-Man comic. Yeah, it's driving sales, which is a good thing in our industry, which is kind of dying on the vine. Mm -hmm. So I would say that, yes, you have the right to be upset about it, but they're not telling you the whole story. They're saying, this is happening. Oh, my gosh, you got to go buy this issue and find out why. Right, or right. find out how, or find out which, or find out other things that Nancy Selby taught me in 1989. Well, but the thing, the thing is, and this is the thing that is the, yeah, Superman quits the Daily Planet as from the mm -hmm. newspaper standpoint. Didn't he do that in right. the 70s and go and work for Galaxy Broadcasting? Well, yeah, but people don't remember that. See, uh, the thing is, <laughs> and, and what's, what? what's in the USA story, the, the USA story that trips this is he reads a text message between Lois and her current boyfriend or whoever it is, and that sets him off. So that is what that's the hook that gets me wanting to say, oh, what is this thing that's going on that is going well, to sexting with her new boyfriend? It may be. I don't know. But at least Superman knows about Twitter and he knows about the MySpace. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just bow chick a while? <laughs> no, I did. No, not. I did. <laughs> I... <laughs> See, Zach's old enough to know what that means. He's got a girlfriend. He knows what's going on. Um, I, I don't know. I guess because uh, obviously I wouldn't have named the site Major Spoilers. If I wasn't interested in, in those kinds of insider bits of information. I thought you named the site Major Spoilers because that's the domain that we could afford. Oh, no, no. I, I could have. Awesome comic book wonderfulness was taken. No, it wasn't actually. That was about fifth on the list. <laughs> Bookersandblow.com. No, that one was taken. <laughs> that's taken. And all the .nets and .co's and .org. Yeah. All and the .uk's were all yeah, taken yeah. as well. All the .uk's are taken. Strangely, there's still a .de. Does that spoiler bother you? No. What bothers me is the fact that they that they do this stuff and they say, "Oh, Charles Xavier's gonna die," and Clark Kent's quitting, or uh, 
the new Spider-Man is black. Or uh, Superman, a couple years ago, Superman uh, was turned down his nationality. He no longer wants to be American or something. And so then I have to go home. I go up and see my family. My dad's like, hey, so what's about this old Superman? He's not going to be American anymore. What's that crap about? I'm like, well, well, I don't know, but I don't know why, for, for you, I don't know why you care. Your dad is played by Black Dynamite. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Quinter is a little bit more Zach's father uh, racial. As played by Samuel this. L. Jackson. <laughs> what do I hear about this mother effing <laughs> Superman? This mother effing this... Superman is <laughs> taking down his citizenship? What this mother effing doing? Yeah. <laughs> So that what that bothers you is because you have to then relate it to your non well yeah cultured parents I don't know it, and then it gets bl- and then this, it gets I blown up no are you okay. kidding me uh, uh, and then it gets and then the like news outlets take it and do weird things with these headlines that literally they care nothing about but then they try to spin it to some weird agenda and that's the weird that's the problem I always oh when have Bill with this O'Reilly stuff. gets on his soapbox and says Superman finally well and that's like- part of it because. Bill O'Reilly and many of the people talking about this believe that these are comic books aimed at children. Mm-hmm. And as such, if something they don't like comes in, it obviously we're trying to indoctrinate the children. Right, right. They don't understand that 80% of the people reading these comics are 35-year-old men who've been reading comics all their lives. Exactly. So could, uh, could we have another Wortham moment in comics? Did we almost no. have another Wortham moment in comics when they were railing on the uh, Catwoman getting it on issue? No. And the reason for that is the same reason why there will never be another Beatles, because society is no longer that unified. It's, it's, it's kind of like there will never be another Beatles because there are five, six, seven different billboard charts. There mm-hmm. will never be another anti-comic crusade or, you know, in a general sense, there will never be another Joseph McCarthy, simply because the the things that made that possible were partly a limited set of inputs. You know, you had two TV channels. You know, you had you had to go and read Better House, Better Homes and Garbage to actually know about Dr. Wortham's crusade. And the mothers involved in that crusade were all part of sort of a subculture that no longer exists. Now, hmm. will there be people trying to start those? Yeah. Will there be moments where even DC and Marvel and Dark Horse and Image back away from their stories and go, we're really sorry that we said Superman was going to renounce his, his American citizenship? Yeah. But I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where congressional insight actually occurs simply because, well, Congress can't agree on what's for breakfast, but also because comic books are a very – very, I don't want to say subjugated, I don't want to say segregated, but a very niche market. Mm. Very much. And I think that even the people who are like, are the children reading this, what about the, the lovely children, understand <laughs> that most of the children are playing around on their iPods and sexting. Right. Just dang iPods. Good enough answer there. All right, everybody, we need to get out of here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for participating. Here. Gotta go listen to some uh, Jerry uh, Reed uh, albums. And watch some Amos Scooby-Doo. Moses was a f- <laughs> oh, pretty Mary Sunlight, she's all right with me. Pretty Mary Sunlight, she's everything I need. Whoa! Yes. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks again so much. Next time on the Major Spoilers Podcast, uh, we have Super Dinosaur uh, Number 1. We've also got a new critical hit coming up. 
We have a new Munchkin Land coming up mm-hmm. uh, between now and the next time you hear from us. I'm trying to think if we got anything else. I think that's it. Pretty I think it's, I think it's just uh, yeah. Critical Hit and uh, Munchkin Land. Be sure to Don't check them out. Don't we have another uh, uh, thingama? Not no, between this episode. Not between this episode and the next time they hear us. We actually and record it. <laughs> Boy, people, if you want to, here's a little inside baseball <laughs> stuff. We actually record the Wednesday show and the Friday show at the same time, right? But the we Thursday, record the Thursday <laughs> we record show. the Thursday show the <laughs> day after the Friday. the Friday show. So go uh, <laughs> go check that out at your local uh, podcast emporium, and we thank you for at your support. Your if you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Fabulous revision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose. I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Oh, wait, I think I found a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just buzz through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the would deal with all those tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I bag and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. What I really even need to keep up on all those escapades. I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king side throwing Copyright 2012.